who knows how long this is going to last. Like if you have one thing, you have to be married and you have to be where he is right now. Like this is going to be a crazy time ahead of us. So kind of with that blessing, it was really easy for us to be like, okay, let's go to a courthouse. And then just planning the elopement was a whole nother deal. I think I only cried once and I called my mom and I was like, mom, we got this beautiful wedding dress in Minnesota and it's still in Minnesota. What gets us through this crazy hockey journey is our amazing community of women. Inspired by our online network, Breaking the Ice is a platform created to connect us even more as we share our stories, our passions, our tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things hockey, and so much more. For hockey expats, by hockey expats. So lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hi guys. (laughs) I feel like I want to start this episode out with like a sigh. I think since the last episode came out, actually I think the exact day the episode came out, um, we got an interesting email from the team. So we sent them an email, I believe the day before, just, you know, I wanted to make sure you guys are aware of the travel ban and basically telling them that I was pregnant and what did they need from us and so forth. And (laughs) the response was very surprising. They basically said that I was not able to come over with my husband and they could not guarantee if I would be able to the entire season, just do with everything with COVID. Obviously, my plan is to give birth to my son in Austria. And that definitely threw me for a loop. That's the way that I woke up in the morning and we got it worked out. All is good. Um, I don't know if you're, you know, I've seen a post in the expat group and I know a lot of people are kind of experiencing similar situations right now. And all I can tell you is to do your own research. Me not going over there is not really an option for us. Like that was just something like we weren't going to accept. And it's not that the team wasn't allowing that. It was just like kind of a miscommunication, I think. So I actually wound up going onto the embassy website and I found information that if you have a residence visa, you are good. My current residence visa expires July 31st. So um, we actually wound up being able to arrange it with the team. We are currently in communication with them about booking a particular flight that we want that leaves in less than two weeks. (laughs) So it's been kind of chaos over here, but you know what? On the bright side, all I am thankful for is the fact that like I can just go over there with my husband. I know there's a lot of people that are not able to do that, especially if you're not married without a visa. That is kind of a problem right now. I would also suggest getting a letter from your team written That was told to me actually by Kelly Lamoureux. That's what her team did for her family. And, you know, the more information you have, the better. I would print out your husband's contract. When I got that news, um, two of my friends called me from Graz, Hannah and Dana. And I just was like freaking out on the phone. I was like bawling to Hannah, just really concerned. (laughs) I wasn't going to be able to come out for the hockey season. But um, I'm just, again, very grateful that we were able to get that figured out. 
it gets crazy every single year when we have to leave. Like, it just becomes this big to-do list of things. A few things on my to-do list, you know, are things that just, like, have to get done. And that would be, for me personally, like, getting copies of my OB paperwork for the doctors in Europe. I need to get copies of all my dog's most recent vaccinations. You know, I need to order uh, some more baby stuff. But yeah, I'm feeling like things are coming together together a little bit more. But there's also other things that in the back of my mind I'm just a little bit worried about. So on top of like wanting to do things that make me feel good, like get a pedicure before I leave and get my hair done. And so just trying to squeeze in all of this stuff. Um, Yeah, it's just... It's been a lot. I also heard that you have to either show up with a COVID test four days before your flight, um, which right now in the U.S. it's taking like seven to ten days in some instances. So I'm a little bit confused on how you can ensure that if you're going to pay for that, that it's back in time. Otherwise, I found online that you can get tested at the Vienna airport or in Germany, I believe it's Frankfurt and Munich, that you can get tested at. And they should get you your results within a few hours. Otherwise, you have to quarantine for 14 days, which we are really not wanting to do. Um, You know, we're trying to take a baby moon once we get over there. Obviously, social distanced. Um, But yeah, we just we're going out so early and we've never been out there in the summertime. And so we're trying to do kind of like a kind of a tropical little trip um, for a few days. So I'm really hoping that we can get out there, get those tests done and kind of move forward. I do not want to be trapped in an apartment for two weeks. So with that being said, I'm just sending kind of love and light to you guys because I know there's so many moving parts with everything going on with COVID and just trying to get ready to go. Hang in there. Yeah, just just do your best to stay positive. Have a meltdown if you want. I definitely had a few of those. I honestly feel like I'm kind of brain fried right now. So I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. Hopefully I wasn't rambling too much in the beginning there. But today on the podcast, I have Emily Usset joining me and I had so much fun talking to her. We covered so much ground. It was such a fun, lighthearted conversation to have. And I honestly don't even want to give anything away. I know that if you were planning to get married this summer as well, you're definitely going to be interested to tune in for this one. And also, if you're married to someone from a different country, it's just super fascinating to hear her perspective on everything and just, you know, the different cultural differences in terms of what marriage is like in different countries as opposed to the U.S. So we talk a lot about that. And we also talk about the travel ban and just what life is like moving forward. So we covered so much. It was so fun. Tune in and make sure to let us know what you think. I love seeing what you're doing while you're listening to the podcast, whether that's sharing on your story or sending me a message. I love to see it. So keep it up and enjoy the episode. I have Emily Usset joining me today on the podcast, and what is so cool is she is actually in Finland right now, so we had to kind of coordinate a time that worked for both of us in our time zones, and I am really excited that you're here joining me today, so welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you, and I feel um, just kind of from what you've told me so far, Emily is married to a Finn, 
And, um, you know, that's, I think a lot of people can relate to. And so I want to hear a little bit just about your story and where you guys have played in the past up until now. Yeah. So, um, we have been married, almost celebrating three blissful months of marriage, but uh, we have been together for eight years. We both went to the University of Denver um, in Colorado, where we met our freshman year, and then um, he was playing hockey there, and obviously we started dating, and then since then, he is entering his eighth season, um, and I can say from meeting him freshman year, I did not think... I would still be with, you know, my Finnish fling, now married, <laughs> living in Helsinki. Um, so life can take you anywhere. Be ready for that. Yeah, I don't um, think any of us imagined ourselves living in Europe. <laughs> like, no, <what>? never. <laughs> Excuse no. me? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he played, um, I went to school all four years there. He actually left school early after our second year. So we did um, two years long distance. He was in St. John's, Canada, and then back and forth from Ontario, California. And then once I graduated, we lived in Winnipeg, playing for the Manitoba Moose, and then also in Tulsa um, for their ECHL affiliate. After that, we've spent a year, uh, three years in Finland, living between La Pernanta, Uvascula, Lopti, um, spending summers in Helsinki. And then this past season, he went over to Russia, played in the far east in Vladivostok. And then now we are soon heading over uh, back to Russia, if we are able to, to uh, Magne Magnitorovsk. Wow. So, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> First of all, yeah. I admire you for being able to pronounce all of that because I cannot even pronounce spices in the United States. So <laughs> that is very impressive. And you have the accent too. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying my best over here to blend in. So <laughs> yeah. And I feel like a lot of girls that are married to, um, you know, European hockey players, they met them kind of same situation as you, like either they were playing juniors in their hometown or from college in the U.S. And then it just kind of transpired to where it is now. Yeah. Definitely when we started dating, you know, it was fun. It was exciting. We were crushing on each other, attracted to each other. Like, how serious was it? And then suddenly, it, you know, what happened? <laughs> but obviously, we're really happy with how it worked out. But you never kind of imagine yourself in this scenario um, following this person all over the world. So not what we expected, but happy about it. Did you always go with him overseas? Yeah, so I, um, right after college, I decided, you know what, um, we did two years long distance, let's figure out if this is something we want to continue doing, and I would rather do that living together. So we went um, to Winnipeg first, and then back and forth a few times that season, and then he decided, you know, Em, I think, I think I'm going to go back and play in Finland, and I was like, what? I didn't understand that there was <laughs> all these professional leagues in Europe. So I was, you know, fully immersed in the hockey life. Yeah, I still was learning all the time, like how broad the hockey life can be. Um, so he decided to go back to Finland and I decided to follow. Yeah, just like a lot of us, you know, it's, it's a tough decision and it's definitely out of our comfort zone to, to actually finally bite the bullet and say, okay, let's do this. 
Um, so what did he think of hockey in the U.S.? I'm curious, just, you know, I've heard different things compared to, like, what we think, how it's different in Europe. Um, yeah, what's his take on that? So for him, um, he's a goalie. So okay. when he was in the U.S., um, he had an NHL contract, but playing in the AHL and then down to the ECHL. So there's so many fewer goalies that if something happens to one of them, like a stomach flu, uh, you get hurt. It's so much easier for them to be going up and down. So for him, he did a lot of flying. Um, his first year, he was in St. John's, Canada, which is the furthest mm -hmm. eastern city in North America. <laughs> and their affiliate was in Ontario, California. So you can't get further away. And I think he made that trip three times that year of up and down. And then when I moved with him, we moved to Tulsa first. I got a job there. I was, you know, already working remotely. And then I started to become a fitness instructor at this gym, you know, seven days after moving. And this was when I decided, like, our first year moving together, like, I'm going to live with you. And then he gets a call a weekend, like, hey, you're coming back up to Canada for three months. Oh, no. And I remember he just left. And I was sitting there in our apartment in Tulsa, like, mm, what do I do? I guess I should call my employer I just got hired from yesterday and tell him that I, I quit and then I should start packing and my dad actually um, flew down to Tulsa and was like gonna help me move our stuff back up to Winnipeg and drive back up and I remember he packed everything up with me he got in the car and he looked at me and he was like you know um if you're gonna live this life you got to be all in like just telling me this is probably going to happen again. And there's nothing wrong with that, but have the mindset to be all in and then just go with it. And I kind of always remember that because since then, you know, it's been, I feel like constantly moving. We haven't been in one place for more than one year yet. Um, but yeah, back to the hockey in North America for him, it was just a lot of up and down and he felt kind of like a little trapped in the teams he was on, um, like in mm -hmm. the, the lineup of, you know, how they, they're number one, number two goalies. And then, you know, he felt he was stuck in a certain spot. So he kind of wanted to reinvent his career by going back to Finland and doing so I think was an awesome choice for him. We've had so many good seasons and experiences and accomplishments um, since he's left for there. So yeah, that's he's enjoyed it. That's amazing. And first of all, dad coming in with the tips. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, you should move home and you shouldn't be following this man around the world. And he was like, if you're going to follow him, I mean, don't complain about it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was know. like, yeah, fair. I think my parents definitely had like fears concerning that whole thing too, because they saw how crushed I was at times when my husband would get called up or sent down or, you know, our trip would get canceled or if I was going out to see him and then, you know, you can be so sure, but also sometimes feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do this just because it's so emotionally exhausting. Yeah. I think those first three years, the two when we were long distance and our first year living together, there's so many back and forth. There's times I went to visit him and he got, you know, called up the next day and I was mm -hmm. on my senior year spring break of college same that's happened like, to me too <laughs> like well I packed bikinis for California and now <laughs> I'm going to Minnesota in February <laughs> this won't work but um yeah yeah like I yeah it was so emotionally draining during those three years I honestly like I feel like I'm unable to shed tears anymore in my life 
I know. It's so, it's so terrible to say, but it kind of takes a lot right now, like for me to get a big emotional reaction. We, um, we don't know when he's leaving for Russia yet. And he was like, I, he got a call, I think yesterday, like, okay, you might fly out next Wednesday. And I was like, okay, <laughs> just like, <laughs> sounds good. just like, that's how it goes. It's not normal, but I guess it is <laughs> for us yeah. now. You definitely have to go with the flow. And if you told me four years ago that I would not care as much now, I would not have believed you. But I think the longer that you're in the lifestyle, you really, I mean, there's definitely still frustrating times. Don't get me wrong. Like, like you, we still don't know when we're going out to Austria and there's so many things that depend on that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if I had to be separated from him or something for a little bit, like I would be okay. Like I wouldn't be as crushed about it but definitely within those first two years I was like dude what is this like this is not what I signed up for you know (laughs) yeah and I think you know in those first years your relationship is so new it's so Mm -hmm. young you're not sure really what's gonna happen but at the same time you're really invested and want the best for it and so you're not sure what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live a normal life like this and you know now after a few years of it you're like mm, this is our new normal <laughs> it will be okay if we're separated mm-hmm. it's okay when we're together it's okay that we don't know where we're gonna live next week. <laughs> it all ends up working out yeah and I think like most normal couples when they meet they kind of well I mean some people meet in college or wherever you meet you don't intend to be thrown into long distance so sometimes it's like oh my gosh like we're doing this we're doing long distance this yeah. is serious now what do we do and to end your long distance, it's the sacrifice on the uh, female's part. So mm-hmm. that's like a huge life choice for you. It's not like he's going to come to where you are. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to call up, I'm from Minnesota, call up the wild and be like, hi, I would like to play for your organization. That doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So where he goes is where we go. And I think Um, from an outsider's point of view, someone not in hockey, that's a little harder for them to understand. People that have known me my whole life are like, you are sacrificing a lot. You're doing all the moving. You know, this is really hard on you. And, you know, they have all these comments about kind of undertones of like, why can't he sacrifice something for you? And they just don't get that's not an option at this time. Someday we can have that option. But playing hockey, you go where you get a contract. Mm -hmm. exactly and I think like I don't know we keep talking about you know the first couple of years but I remember just trying to talk to my friends about it before I really knew a lot of hockey girls and they would be like oh my gosh this is a lot you know are you sure you want to do this and there was definitely concerns on their end because I feel like I was always just so stressed out so once I finally started connecting with other hockey girls I was like okay, this is actually normal. And the way that I'm feeling is normal. Um, yeah. you know, they so. definitely help you justify your feelings and because they've been through similar experiences and ha- have felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So when we were talking leading up to the recording, you mentioned how a lot of people have opinions, you know, family or friends on being married versus dating when you're following your significant other. And mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about how it went against you know, people's beliefs. And I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that and if that affected your relationship at all. Yeah. So we have been together now almost eight years. Like I mentioned, we just got married three months ago, but 
when I was living, I lived three years in Finland, one year in Canada, and then in Tulsa, and we weren't engaged. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, I think a lot of maybe my close friends and family had a little bit of a hard time understanding that. Like, okay, now you've moved to Winnipeg and Tulsa. Now he'll propose. Now you've moved to Finland for a year. Now it's going to happen. Okay, this is your second year. And so each year it was, you know, constant questions whenever I'm home or around the holidays. Is it going to happen? When's it going to happen? What do you think is going <laughs> to happen between you and UC? And I was like, we're fine. Um, we're going to get married someday. Yeah. Uh, it's not really on uh, like his priorities. That sounds bad, but He's from Finland. They have a little different culture around marriage, and I'm from the U.S., and our culture is very different from that of Finland. So for us, it was like a balancing act of, like, how do I stay happy being an American that's wanting to get married younger, and how does UC stay happy being um, a man that never really had, like, these dreams of needing to be married? And if he was married, he didn't picture himself being married anytime in his 20s, maybe in his 30s, but that was never a priority. And it's not that um, he as a Finn didn't want to be with someone. It was so many people we know from Finland, and please, anyone listening to this from Finland can correct me if I'm misstating anything, but from what we've seen, they'll be together for years, seven, eight years, even more than 10 years, they'll have kids, and I'll go, oh, are you the wife of so-and-so? And they're like, no, I'm the girlfriend. And then maybe we'll talk later on. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll get married someday. Like the the act of being married um, to some of the people here isn't greater than the act of just being with that person for a lifetime. So for him, it was like, well, we're going to be together forever. I mean, I wouldn't want you living in Europe and being your personal translator and helping you with every single thing every day. If I You're didn't too wanna... much work to not yeah. want to be married to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he was like, I'm just, you know, right now I'm not ready to, to have a wedding, to be married. And then, you know, all those years I was like, okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. And now when we're finally married, looking back on it, and we are just looking at old photos yesterday on our computer. I was like, wow, that photo of me, I look like such a baby. And that's what I wanted to be married. <laughs> and have a wedding with like 300 people like now when I think about a wedding why would I ever invite that many people like you see and I don't have that many mutual friends half my family hasn't even met him like you know our, our opinions have just shifted and our perspective on it has definitely shifted and evolved together and we joke that you know after seven and a half years we got married and that was a compromise for both of us for me it would have been you know four years ago for UC, it would have been in 14 years. <laughs> so, you know, we found our happy medium. And along the way, I've had so many questions about, so when's he going to propose? And the, the funniest part about when we finally decided to get married is I just stopped asking him. I was like, you know what? He knows what I want. Mm -hmm. I cannot mention this one more time <laughs> to him because I think I'll lose my mind. So he was uh, leaving to play in Russia. And I was choosing last season to stay home and work in Minnesota. And so we had been apart for, I think, two months at that point and just, you know, FaceTiming every day, making it work as best as we could. And one day um, I'm on a lunch break from work and we're on FaceTime and we're just talking and suddenly he's like talking. We're talking about maybe about, you know, how many kids we want to have someday or joking about weird Finnish American names. And then he was like, and then I stopped and said, 
can we stop talking about this? I'm so sick of you talking about kids and a house and a family and where we're going to live until you can just tell me we're going to get married. And, you know, <laughs> it took two months of being alone in Russia for him to be like, yeah, let's have a wedding this summer. <laughs> Good. Good for he had him. so much. He had so much alone time there to think, and he was like, "Yeah, I just uh, now's the time." And then I was like, "Well, I'll believe it. You know, when I see you next, you have to ask me." But don't buy a ring because I never wear jewelry. I have no idea what I want to wear the rest of my life. Just ask me in person. I'm a pretty very low key, mm-hmm. casual, not romantic person. Which I mean, I'm sure I'd like something like that, but that wasn't at our. For our relationship, that's not us. That's not what I needed. So we mm-hmm. saw each other. He asked me. I went home. I was like, told all my friends and family I'm getting married. And they go, you haven't posted a photo of it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I can't win. Yeah. You know, whatever I do, I can't win. And then, so we finally, you know, when we're engaged, we're telling our Finnish friends. We're telling our American friends. And I have two responses. In Back home in the States, I get, finally about time like finally you see you know manned up and did it and then in Finland I get oh that's so cute you guys are so young oh yeah it's like oh (laughs) you can't win we can't win but we're very happy now we're married we've you know for us it's like this isn't the start of our life it's this is just like a continuing path of what we've been on together um but it's definitely been like a point of contention for a few years, obviously, just being together and working through the differences of like the cultures and what we believe around marriage. And, but yeah, we are, we're in a great place now, husband and wife, even though we do forget to call each other that. (laughs) And yeah, if, yeah. So I can um, also talk about the difference in the weddings in Finland and um, Minnesota or America. And those are just like when I talk about those with him, he has to walk out of the room. He gets so overwhelmed. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like I've had like so many thoughts pop into my mind during that. And, you know, I, it's well, just like, it's so interesting to me to hear your perspective on that because I've never really thought of it that way. And um, like when we lived in Sweden, it was kind of the same thing where people had children and they were together for 10 to 15 years and they were still calling each other girlfriend and boyfriend. And that is really just the culture. So it's interesting because you are American, just what your thoughts are on that. And, you know, I think there is always this outside pressure and not even in the hockey world, just in general, it's like, okay, well now you're with someone for a couple years, when you're getting engaged, when you're getting married, when you're having kids, when are you doing this? It's like, it's a lot. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so interesting. So we're there like between your guys' cultures, how was his family, with you guys getting married so quote quickly (laughs) after seven years they were no they were great they've treated me as family I would say since I moved here um you know we have nieces and nephews here and they've always called me aunt they've just always welcomed me as a family member and you know he has relatives that have done the same they've been together boyfriend girlfriend for a long time they've they've then chosen to get married sooner or later. And I guess I would just say it doesn't seem like it's as big of a deal. It's a really, you know, monumental day, a monumental promise in your life, but it's nothing that's overdone. It's not overemphasized. It's just, I don't know, the best way I'd put it is just like celebrating, continuing your life together, but it's not like this is the focus of your next year. 
So his family was just like, oh, wonderful. You're already family. <laughs> you know, it was nothing like too extreme. Mm-hmm. But we're here in the US. Yeah. It's like, this is her year. This is yeah. like everybody sit down. <laughs> you know, this is all Start about planning. Her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't make her upset. It's her wedding year. You guys decided to get married and kind of elope just due to everything with COVID. But let's go back a little bit to wedding planning. So how far were you into the wedding planning process before everything kind of started happening in the world? So let me tell you, I am a really bad wedding planner. I discovered this (laughs) last year. So we got engaged in, oh God, November. And we decided we wanted to get married this June. It was like our window of safety um, because last year he was on the Finnish national team. So that went through the end of May. And then he ended up leaving for Russia the first week of July. So we know we knew we had this like safety net of he won't be doing anything hockey related in June. So that gave me like seven months. And I think in February, I was like, okay, this is what we should do for our wedding. And we were going to have a small ceremony at his mom's um, house on the sea in Finland, because that was our way to make it small. Not all my relatives could fly on a plane there. (laughs) And we are going to have our immediate families and just have a small ceremony. His mom is a Lutheran minister and she was going to perform the ceremony and we were just going to have like a beautiful fancy dinner after and then do a large celebration in Minnesota. So I was at the point in the planning where I was like, this is what I want to do. I have a dress. Um, We have a venue-ish that we're going to have the dinner at. But that was it. It was just such a low-key kind of scenario. Um, The celebration planning was going to be bigger, but we then decided before the pandemic that, you know, we should have a celebration in a year from now because we really wanted to spend the time after we got married just together, go on a trip um, on a honeymoon and just not rush back to the States to have a big celebration. So we were actually, I came to Finland for two weeks in March um, on a vacation when he was here. And then I was going to fly back home and then come back at the, um, in May. And when I was here is when Corona just broke out when they shut down all the borders. We were on a small trip to Ireland and I woke up on a Friday morning to like 30 messages. Emily, they're closing the U.S. borders. You have to get back now. And I was like, what is going on? First of all. Sorry to interrupt you, but so you guys were long distance this last year then. Yeah. Yeah. So he lived in Russia. I was living um, in the U.S. Where he was in Russia, just some background Um, was in Vladivostok. It's like an hour and a half flight above South Korea. So it is probably the furthest possible place away he could have played. And they would go on road trips for like two to three weeks of the month. Hmm. So we just decided that's not ideal for me to move to Russia and essentially be alone. So we, I decided I would work in Minnesota. I got a job there. It was hard, but it was at the end of the day, I think it was a really good decision. Um, I just wasn't ready to live there and really be alone for most of the time. Mm -hmm. But then now after that year, I'm like, okay, wherever you go, if it's anywhere in Russia, I'll go there. (laughs) Yeah. This this one year apart is like, I'll go wherever. But um, yeah, so we were doing long distance and then um, he was told he would be playing on the national team this spring. So like last year he was playing like from April 1st all the way to the end of May. So I told myself, well, I'm going to keep working. And then if you end up being on the final team, I'll go, go there for the tournament. 
if you get cut, you'll just come to Minnesota and our summer starts earlier. So we kind of, for the first time, had this like elaborate plan in place of how we are going to live our life the next four months, which doesn't often happen. And then Corona came and <laughs> we were traveling. I was seeing him for two weeks. I had, you know, my winter stuff in my suitcase because I was visiting Finland in March. And then we realized when they shut the borders, well, we're not married. He can't come back with me. And I, if I leave Finland, I can't get back in. So then I was kind of like, we were processing all of this. And I was talking to my parents and my mom called me, I think like the day after we got back from our trip from Ireland, when the U.S. closes borders. And she was like, Emily, um, this is going to sound crazy, but I thought of something. He's like, yeah. She's like, I think you should just get married right now. <laughs> okay, I love I, your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my parents are very just supportive, want the best for me. Not, yeah, I'm pretty surprised sometimes by how relaxed at least they present themselves to me. Who knows what they say to their friends and family behind the back? <laughs> but so I was, you know, I looked at uh, rear face him and I was like, are you sure? Not because like I'm going to do what she tells me to do if getting married, but I knew that for her and my dad, it's a really big deal to be at my wedding. And that was kind of like the only rule I had in place in my mind for a wedding is like, my parents have to be there. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you cannot come back here without being married. Who knows how long this is going to last? Like if you have one thing, you have to be married and you have to be where he is right now. Like this is going to be a crazy time ahead of us. So kind of with that blessing, it was really easy for us to be like, okay, let's go to a courthouse. And then just planning the elopement was a whole nother deal I think I only cried once and I called my mom and I was like mom we got this beautiful wedding dress in Minnesota and it's still in Minnesota <laughs> like that was I think like for some reason at the time like the most traumatic thing for me like that was how I was dealing with it all I was like mm -hmm. I just want to wear my wedding dress but I ended up borrowing a white dress from um his brother's uh, office which has a bunch of different clothing in it I went to a store which I shouldn't have during the time because of corona but I really wanted white shoes my only other option was purple tennis shoes I had with me and I put <laughs> we'll my make foot an down. exception <laughs> I am not getting married in my purple tennis shoes um I wanted to have like my hair done but we were in an Airbnb and it didn't have any like blow dryers or straighteners so I went to the grocery store and bought these like fake plastic clips <laughs> looked like pearls honestly it, it ended up looking pretty good wow. um and then we went to the courthouse the ceremony took a minute and 45 seconds and mind you this was like in the height of corona like everyone is in quarantine everyone's in lockdown no one was allowed in the courthouse we could bring two witnesses but it was like they provided them so we shouldn't really bring any outsiders so I asked the witness, like one of the court given witnesses to hold my phone, which was kind of like taboo because of Corona, you don't want to pass it. But I was like, I need you to record this for my parents. And she felt so bad. She's like, okay. So the recording was a minute and 45 seconds. And at the end, I was like, is that it? Is this really what people have been bugging me about for six years? <laughs> like, of course, you know, it's more than that. But it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're married. Yeah. Okay, so, let's order takeout. All the restaurants are closed. <laughs> are you guys doing um, a wedding or like a ceremony or a party next summer? Yeah, we're gonna, we haven't planned it yet just because we really need to see how this pandemic unfolds because wherever we have it will be 
in a place where people have to fly abroad, like either his family and friends or my family and friends. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's a little tougher. We want to make sure we're in a place in the world where that's allowed because just my family canceling everything for this summer was a headache and a half. So I just want to make sure that what I plan we're able to do, but we're thinking we're still going to do something small. We're going to have a really nice dinner celebration, dancing in Finland. And I'm going to invite my best friends and immediate family and they'll do the same, maybe like 30 people. But yeah, so it'll be an intimate affair when the day comes. Yeah. And that'll be nice for your parents to be able to come out and, and feel a part of that. I think this whole pandemic is so crazy and I truly feel for all of the, I mean, brides and grooms, but I feel like brides are primarily the ones like planning the wedding. And I was so surprised when I put a poll up on my Instagram that like 30 girls had to reschedule their, uh, their wedding for this year. Yeah. And like you yeah, said, it's crazy. June is such yeah. a safe, such a safe month. And yeah, I it's think our I, safe place. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen like 40 anniversaries in the last uh, <laughs> week or two, you know, and it's just funny because everybody's thinking the same thing, but I'm happy that you guys were able to go do that and you have something to look forward to next summer with your family and friends. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of girls do get married kind of under wraps, um, just also for like insurance purposes. And like now it's with COVID and not being able to get through the border, yeah. but just like, you know, if you, some people get pregnant and then they need to be on the insurance and, you know, yada, yada. Yep. So. And I will say with like the insurance aspect and, you know, some reasons behind the main one of people wanting to be married, to be married, but there's all these outside reasons that kind of encourage it in North America. Whereas in Finland, once you're married, your, your insurance is still separate. Your taxes are all separate. Um, before we were married, you know, when I first moved here, I was smirking like, ooh, now we have to get married because how am I going to get a visa? And then we go online. It's like, oh, if you've been cohabitating for two years, you're like legally married here. And so they oh. gave me a visa for four years when I was just a girlfriend. And I was like, really? I thought this would be the reason I could make them do it. <laughs> and Finland's like, no, we still recognize you just the same as we would a married couple. Did he know like, that though? Because I mean, you could have just said that, right? <laughs> yeah, he knew it. And he was oh, like, darn. no, no. And I was like, oh, I, I hate that you do your research as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, yeah. And I, and I totally didn't mean like people do that just to like, you know, get insurance. No, but I mean, definitely in this lifestyle with you're moving around and if you're having kids and all of that, like with insurance, especially in the US and I'm not sure because we haven't lived in some of the middle Europe countries, but it, it does affect it. So, I mean, that yeah. is part of your life. That's an important part that you have to kind of have figured out. And usually being married is a bonus for that. Like it helps you out. And in our case, it's, it's never been the case. <laughs> right. And usually it's like a plan down the road, but then it's like, well, why don't we just get married now? And then, you yep. know, have a wedding later. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people do that more than we probably are aware of. Oh, yeah. So you said you packed for two weeks. So how are you doing living off of two weeks in March clothing? So I've gone shopping just a little bit. Um, in, the, in the beginning, I think it was like eight weeks where everyone was on a pretty intense lockdown. So I could survive off of whatever clothing I had because we weren't really going in public. And if we were in public, it was like I was running outside and I had the clothes for that. 
but then Finland's um, opened up quite a bit since the spring and the weather's been warm and I have like a pair of Doc Martens and a winter jacket and I was like this will not work anymore so I have acquired some new clothing since being here and I'm already looking at all my stuff assuming that he's leaving next week and I'll head back to the U.S. for a bit before I go over to Russia just because I was not planning on being away at this point for four months so there's some things I have to get in line there. Um, but yeah, I, nothing will fit in my suitcase. So that's, we're going to have to do some donating. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't know if you've heard about like the whole uh, EU not letting oh, yeah. US citizens. And that's kind of been like a worry of ours. Um, you know, I'm sure if, if I'm flying over with my husband, I probably wouldn't run into any issues. But um, so would you go do you like do you feel like you'd have an issue getting into Russia or would you have to fly back to Finland first to fly over with your husband or what what do you guys have a plan so for that? usually in Russia the guys go they have training camp for about eight weeks or so so the family isn't there or at least for at least with the people I know they're kind of the guys are confined in this baza which is like this essentially like hotel area compound where they're staying for training camp and then they might travel to different places where they're doing their training. So the family usually comes maybe like late August or September. But I, if I go home, we're not really sure like what flights, what availability there is to get into Russia. And they're still having, you know, some issues getting visas for the players. So getting visas for the family right now is not like the most important thing. It, it will be once the players are there, but at the moment they have to get the players there. So our next season, at least for where we stand and where I'll be is a little bit up in the air. I'm hoping I can get in. I'm hoping that they are able to get me a visa, but yeah, I'm not sure. And then I have applied for a visa in Finland because I've been here over the allotted 90 days, but you know, things have been closed down for so long, you can't get an appointment to like process the visa. Mm-hmm. So I can still be here while it's being processed, but I don't have it. And if I don't have the, like the residence permit card, when I leave, I, I'm still qualified as an, like an American passport holder that can't get back in because my finished husband won't actually be here. So we're kind of doing some thinking of like when I should leave. Cause when I leave, I probably can't get in like back into Finland if this is where I want to be at any point um and yeah we don't know about Russia yet so one breath at a time (laughs) does that worry you at all or you kind of just go with the flow with it um I'm kind of just going with the flow I think last year really prepared us for this if we had to be apart we know we can do it it's not our ideal world it's not how we want to live but we know we can live that way um we're both pretty independent people so I you know we can make it work but I'm a little worried if it like comes December and I'm still in Minnesota and wondering what is going on (laughs) so so we'll see but yeah it'll it'll be interesting for everyone this upcoming season how how that works when they start if people are able to come over like I'm thinking back of you know the seven years that we were boyfriend and girlfriend, if that was the case right now, I would have a really hard time going wherever he was. And that's unfortunate given that we were like, we're, you know, we deem ourselves the same as a married couple, but you're not, if the border is closed to you. 
Yeah, so everybody needs to go get married. Yeah, so everyone get <laughs> along. But... <laughs> Don't tell your spouse I pushed it on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know they're reevaluating it every two weeks, is what I've seen. I think it actually mm-hmm. is implemented today and then they'll look at it. But I know, like in the US, it's just, it's gotten so bad that they really just don't want Americans in the EU. And I think, you know, that's, that sucks for everyone. But I, I do, and this is just kind of like my opinion, I guess, and I really don't know any different, but I would have to think that if you have a visa or a work visa, which I think if you're married, they do give you a work visa, at least most teams, or that's what I've got yeah. in the past, um, they have to let you in. Yeah. So I've, I've read online, actually, um, if, if you're able to get a visa, I think the problem is like offices that are giving visas might not be like, have as many hours right now, have as many employees because they're not as like a popular business. They're probably not as in demand at the moment when the world is so separated and and not as mobile. But um, I've read online that if you have a residence permit or, you know, a work visa, anything like that, that is getting you in the country, you can still go there. It's just, if you're a passport holder and your only intent is for like a vacation, like that won't get you in. But if any of the girls are getting residence permits, visas, whatever it is, that should allow you in to whatever country you're going to from what I've read. Yeah, I would have to think so because otherwise the whole world would just fall apart. I mean, there's like international trade and like how would, you mm-hmm. know, how would things go on? You have to at some point like make an exception for for particular cases. Um Yeah. But yeah, we're just kind of waiting on the team as well to direct us on what we need to do. But I remember when we were in Sweden, they sent us our visas to our email, like the embassy did actually, because they had them on file. And it wasn't like the card, um, but it was just the written paperwork. So we just printed that out and brought that with us. And we had no issues getting over there. Because usually they're like, if you don't have a return flight, then you know, what are you doing going into this country and yada yada. So if you have the paperwork, that makes things just a lot easier and you know, yeah. probably more smooth sailing. Yeah, definitely. You know, I haven't run into those issues yet with like, I've always booked a flight there without a residence permit, or at least when I've been in Finland or in Canada. And they're just like, what are you doing here? I'm like moving, visiting my boyfriend. And they're <laughs> like, where's your return flight? <laughs> and I'm like, um, I haven't booked it yet. I'm going to apply for a residence permit. And then they like, look at me like you're doing this wrong, but they've let me through and I'm like, I should probably get that together for my future. That won't always be so easy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, it's like, you never know. I feel like I always over, like I'm overly hyperactive about it. I'm like, okay, you need to email the team and you know, we got to get this figured out. And my husband's like, okay, they're lit. This is literally like the least of their worries right now. I'm like, I know, but I need to know this for my own (laughs) mental sanity. (laughs) That is the most important thing. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm always constantly asking him little questions like that. And there's, I've mentioned to you when we talked um, before, like there's been a few times where I've been the only foreigner on the team or like foreign spouse. So no one has really had to worry about it. And I'm like, have you asked him any questions? Have you asked him what I'm going to do? And he's like, Emily, we can figure this out on our own. We don't need them. I'm like, but other people use them. Why can't we? (laughs) And he's just like, I think it's something about like his finished ways. He's like, we can do this ourselves. I'm like, no, no. Like, I think there's I think people on the guys. team that are hired to help you. All the guys are like that. My husband's like that too. I'm like, just ask. He's like, I don't want to be annoying or high maintenance. I'm like, 
You're not. Just ask the question. We need to know the answer. If if you don't want to be, give me the phone. I don't have to even try. I'll call. Everybody step aside. I'll call the front office. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, you see would have a heart attack if I ever, ever did that. (laughs) Well, okay. So you say that you're, you've been the only foreign girlfriend. And um, I think, I don't know, for me, I'm always like, are there other imports on the team? Are there other girlfriends and wives? And I think that that can be kind of like intimidating sometimes with the language barrier and not really knowing, you know, if you can talk to people beforehand and get the information that you need to know. And how has that been for you? So when we first got to Finland, um, well, first of all, Finland's like been a soft landing for me since my significant other is finished. So we have like that advantage of however lost and confused I am, this is his home country. So he's been always been able to, you know, guide us through whatever situations arrive and he speaks a language. So huge Mm -hmm. plus. Um, But when we first got to Finland, we were on like a tryout stint and it was eight weeks and there was one other North American um, wife there. So that was great for me. My first time moving abroad, I had someone that could, you know, tell me about the city, someone I could hang out with and I was really comfortable with. And she had some Finnish friends on the team because they had been there before. So it was like a really easy way to like ease into like meeting new people that aren't from your same country meeting people that English is their second language and becoming friends with them but then also having her to like talk about like oh this is so different than where we're from but then after that I got too comfortable um and we went to a team where there is a foreign player but his um, spouse wasn't there and then it was me and then all the girlfriends and wives were Finnish and it was intimidating but at the same time I think it was extremely good for me because you have to to make friends with the locals you have to make friends with the people that are from you know this area or this country and I think that's benefited me in the long run because they're more helpful to me when I whenever we've played in Finland than any foreigner because they just know more about Finland they've had the experience of living here they speak the language um I think it's been really helpful, obviously intimidating, obviously lonely at times, you know, when you first get to a team and if there's other imports, you're like, oh, we both don't know anyone. We can connect and go do this. And I was like, oh crap, I have to go make a friend. I hope (laughs) they talk to me and I hope, I hope they're comfortable talking to me. And I would say in Finland, I'm not sure about, you know, all countries in Europe, but people are really proficient in English. And Finns are, I would say, very shy and modest people. And they're like, oh, I can't speak. I can't speak. And then they'll start talking and it's very fluent, probably better than any American can speak a second language. Like their English is fine. So that has definitely been easy when I've only had, you know, other Finns to hang out with. But since UC's finished, when we've gotten to these teams, like he's like, you know, I don't know, not talking about us or like our life a lot when they're in the locker room or however it works, like that's not what's going on. So like the first week or two, we've been in these new places. Then I go to a game or go to this event with a team and they're like, oh, are you Nolan's wife? Nolan's the American, no, the, the Canadian. I'm like, no. Or like, then who are you? I'm like, I'm UC's girlfriend. I'm like, UC, you didn't tell anyone you had a foreign girlfriend? He's like, I didn't think it was relevant. <laughs> so, so everyone's like, what is she doing here? And I'm like, hi, <laughs> it's me. But no, I've made, it's definitely been intimidating, but at the same time, I've made a lot of good friends in Finland. And I think it's really 
exposed me to like the true culture of each city we've lived in and, and just the country in general. Um, and definitely given me different perspective on how people live, how people are, how their views on this hockey life are, which, you know, at the same time are still pretty similar to mine in general, but also some differences that I've appreciated learning about and adopting into my own life. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. I have friends all over the world now, which is wonderful, but terrible. It's so (laughs) annoying to stay in touch with people, as you probably know, when you have friends in you know, four countries and then some of your best and longest friends back home that are a different time zone. Um, just mm-hmm. staying connected, I think, is one of the hardest things about living this life. You meet new people and you move away. <laughs> you have great people back home and you move away. Just totally. constantly moving. Yeah, I know. And it's like when I'm back home, I find that it's easier for me to stay in touch with the girls in Europe. But when I'm in Europe, it's hard for me to stay not stay in touch because I still check in every now and then but just like with the Mm -hmm. time difference like when I'm thinking I want to text them it's like literally two in the morning and then by the time I'm like oh I'm gonna text them it's you know it's too late so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just it's hard to stay in touch but yeah that's funny because I think like the first few years of me and my husband's relationship like he never really told like I think the standard I guess I would say would be like your boyfriend or husband would say to another guy on the team, Hey, my girlfriend's visiting. And Mm -hmm. can you have your girlfriend text her and like invite her to dinner or whatever, if the girls do anything before the game. And my husband would never do that ever. Cause I think like, you know, actually I really don't know why I'm going to ask him now, but (laughs) also just to (laughs) add this to it, I I hope, I hope people correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a very North American thing. Like, yeah, I told, I would tell UC that like, and UC will say, like, tell people like, oh yeah, my girlfriend's living here, but like, that's it. He doesn't give them details. So they're like, yeah, what? Her name's Emily. She must not be finished. But then I'll be like, oh, maybe you can reach out to this person and have him message me. And the first few years he's like, what? Yeah. Why? Like, we don't do that. <laughs> and then now he's like adapted, like, okay, this is what she needs. We're going to have to be a little more outgoing than people are used to in Finland. And we have to push ourselves on people so Emily can make friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's always nice too when like someone takes you under your wing. Like I know in Graz, um, the coach's wife, she, like my first day there, the, or sorry, we got in, went to sleep and then woke up and then he had to leave for an away game. And so the co- like, I was like, oh my gosh, like we have no groceries. How do I get to the store? How do I, I was like nervous about going to the store and trying to figure out everything in German. So probably just going to grab pasta and like sauce, you know, <laughs> stick to what I know. Yeah. But the coach's wife was like, I'll take you to the store. Like we'll walk around the mall. We can get coffee. I'll kind of show you around, show you around the city. And that was just so nice. And then she was like, I'll also, there's like a group chat for all the, um, the girls that are here. And we actually had like 20 girls last year. And, um, oh, nice. so she reached out to Dana. Um, she was on my podcast and she was like, Hey, uh, Charlie Dodero's wife's here. Like, can you reach out to her? And so that is just so nice to have someone do that because if you don't, you kind of feel like, oh, hello guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> like hiding in the corner of the game. Yeah. And then when I speak, it's like, this isn't going to be in your language. Who's yeah. ready? <laughs> <laughs> it's intimidating to like go up to a group of people. So it's nice when people, you know, welcome you with open arms and that's Definitely. just so nice. And yeah, it's kind of circling back to what you were saying about, um, like how we were talking about uh, 
it being a North American thing and, you know, seeing if there's other imports and stuff like that, I think it's like the idea of there being imports feels comfortable. But yes. really, like, I loved all of the girls on the team and, like, like you mm-hmm. said, all the Austrians and even when we were in Sweden, like all the Swedes spoke such good English and they're always so shy about it. Like, I don't speak good English or my English is really bad. And I'm like, your English is great. Like, I completely yeah. understand what you're saying. Like, I don't know if you're understanding me, but I can completely have a conversation with you. And Yeah, definitely. You've been all over the world. So what what's next for you? You you have a or are you working from home or? So I was working our first, um, my first four years kind of living this hockey life. I was working remotely, uh, two different companies doing different aspects of digital and traditional marketing. And then this past year, I mentioned I decided to stay back. So I had a job um, in the Twin Cities and I was working remotely when I came on my vacation. And then they let me continue working remotely because they kind of we're pretty empathetic to the situation of like, I'm going to get separated from my spouse. I need to stay here and get married. And they're like, yeah, just work remotely. But I was actually a contractor. So when Corona hit, um, I was laid off. And so since then, I've been looking for new um, remote gigs, which is proving harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But I'm hopeful something will come up. I'm also for the first time since I was 15, just like, not working and enjoying summer, which I sound pretty guilty about, but it feels really nice. And when I do have a job, I'll wish I was in this situation. So yeah. I'm <laughs> just kind of, of you know, but also if you check my LinkedIn, I've applied for 75 jobs. So <laughs> someone hire me. <laughs> if you're listening, like, if you're listening and you want a remote worker with a good attitude, <laughs> call me. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. I'm also looking at going back to school online because I'm trying to figure out, you know, throughout this hockey life, it's always about where they are. And if you choose to go there, it's, I like to say I'm strong, independent and following UC everywhere because I, <laughs> I am those things. And for us to be together, I literally have to follow him where he goes until he's done playing, until I have like a say in where we live. Um, So I've been trying to figure out, you know, this next step if I'm moving to Russia or when I'm moving to Russia, what I'll be doing. So hoping to find some remote work. I'm also looking at different um, online master programs. So just doing something that I would be doing, I guess, if I was living a conventional life back in Minnesota and something that gives me purpose every day yeah good for you and I feel like sometimes I don't know there's just like people have their opinions about people that follow their spouses around but like you know what every single person in this lifestyle you have to be strong to live this lifestyle like it is not easy it is emotionally draining it is like physically exhausting you never know what's going to happen and so if people have that opinion, like screw them and they just like don't understand because it's not easy at all and it does not make you weak. So people follow their spouses, you know, whichever way it is, whoever is following who everywhere, you know, in the U S and Canada, people relocate all the time because of someone's job. But I think the nature of their job and it's, you know, kind of a more dramatic story and more off the, you know, traditional path situation that it like catches people's eyes more of oh you're following him but you know I have coworkers that I've known that have always relocated to where their spouse lived so it happens all the time it just seems that it's a little more highlighted when you move to a foreign country for someone which is understandable you're you know 
away from home, away from family, but at the same time, it happens every day. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like the job aspect too. It's like, it's not, you can't really, you know, always get a job in a foreign country. It's not that easy. Mm -hmm. So people just like to have their judgment about it, but they really don't know like the context and everything that's involved in actually being able Mm -hmm. to do that. I will say with the job. So when I was working remotely, I had, you know, people would ask me like, oh, what do you do? Like, especially in Finland, because they didn't know. They're like, what do you do here? Like, how do you like life here? Like, kind of almost like concerned in a good way. Like, we like you. What do you do with your day? How do you spend your time if you're not from here? And I was like, oh, you know, I work remotely. And people back home would be like, what do you do? I was like, I work remotely doing marketing stuff. And it was like, what could she possibly do that she's working in Finland remotely? Like, (laughs) it wasn't a normal thing. It wasn't, you know, a lot of people at that time weren't working remotely. And then fast forward five years in the midst of this pandemic, when, you know, 90% of the people I know are working from home. I'm like, now you understand my lifestyle (laughs) five years ago. I don't think anyone will ever ask me again what I do when I tell them I work remotely because what we're learning the past couple of months is so many jobs can be done from home, from your home office, wherever that is. So if one positive thing comes out of this, you know, terrible situation in the world is, you know, for us people that are relocating and it's harder to find a job, I hope this opens up opportunities to employers hiring us as remote workers. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I really feel like that is kind of what it is turning into because like you said, it's just so accessible and it's, you can probably get so many more people that have experience or that can offer different insight for the job that you're looking for if you just allow people to work from home. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know there's a ton of like, if I'm ever on Indeed or something and I'm looking for a job and I'm like looking for work from home positions, I feel like a lot of the stuff I find is like data entry or like, you know, stuff like that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. And it's pretty low paying as well. Just like certain things that I find. And so you really have to be creative with the things that you're searching online to be able to see if like certain companies offer that, you know, because sometimes it's not always advertised, but it, it is an option. Yeah. Well, and actually I listened to your first podcast and I hadn't heard of Upwork before. And one of the first things you mentioned was Upwork. And I'm not even going to tell you how many proposals I submitted, (laughs) but I got so excited to find this new platform. I'd been using FlexJobs. I'd been using um, LinkedIn. And then I, you know, I heard that new one. And I think for a day after I listened to your podcast, I just went crazy on that site. (laughs) Have you gotten anything from it? Um, I got something that was like a scam. So oh, I actually no. had, a really, oh, had my a really terrible experience. Edit this out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, I'm still hopeful I could get something on there, but I had to take like a little break because the scam was like, did I give them too much information? When will I be hacked type of scenario? But um, nothing so far. <laughs> so we're good. Oh my gosh. I totally know what you mean. Like when someone's like, just provide me with your address and, you know, social security number. And, and then we will send you the information about the job. It's like, hmm, this may sound sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't think people usually ask this. Yeah. Uh, here you go. No, I, I didn't give anything like that if anyone's concerned, but they <laughs> yeah. asked me what bank I use. And I was like, why is that relevant? Should I tell them? Okay, maybe I'll abbreviate. So I put like WF for Wells Fargo. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm i still a little haunted by it, but. That's hilarious. Well, I, I have gotten a social media client from there. So I know it's possible. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I will get back to it. 
Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I've, yeah. You got to keep me posted on that. And then did you say that you were like in the fitness industry? Is that something you could do in Russia? Um, you know, from when I visited Russia last year, and this was the Far East, so English wasn't as common. I would say I probably could not teach a class in English. Um, I'm a certified yoga sculpt instructor, and I've worked at a bunch of different, like, boot camp hit type studios through the years, but I don't think I'll be taking my fitness career to Russia. I'll be taking it as, like, a hobby that I do for myself, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a market for me there yet, but you never know. Anything's possible. Yeah, and you can always do that on the side, you know, wherever you go. I'm pro- I mean, like exactly. said, not maybe next year, but maybe yeah. somewhere in the EU that's like kind of a bigger city or just back home, something you can do in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I was doing that this past year and it, I loved it. I forgot how much I missed it. I kind of took a break from it when I was in Finland. I was too bashful to ask local gyms. And actually my last year in Finland, I found out that there was an American run yoga studio in the city that I'd never looked into. No way. And after that, I, I told myself like, what are you doing? Just ask. The worst thing they're going to look at you and say is like, no, we're not interested. And then you'll never see him again. Yeah. But I was a little bashful at that point, but not anymore. <laughs> like sometimes countries want English speaking teachers because that isn't super common. And you know, that's kind of mm-hmm. like an advantage, I feel like. Yeah. And if it's in a country like we've stated where we've both been in Sweden, Austria, Finland, where a lot of the people are very fluent in English, if they like the workout class, they don't really care if it's in their second or third language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. I'm a, a yoga teacher too. And I taught a little bit in Sweden, but then um, we wound up leaving. But yeah, I, I've done it for a few years and I haven't this summer just due to COVID and just kind of the, some of the rules that the studio is implementing that mm-hmm. being yeah. pregnant, I just don't want to put myself like at risk doing that. But yeah, it's, it's a great job to have like, just because you can do it forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I love everything that you had to say. I feel like you articulated yourself so well and I'm excited for everyone to hear. It's just just packed with a lot of interesting and cool perspectives. Can I tell you one more just like story I have that kind of for me brings together like being a foreigner and being with a foreigner and the Finnish culture. So I think one of like the most prominent things in Finnish culture, if you were to ask a Finn, is the sauna culture. Um, have you heard about it? Or I haven't. No. Do it in Sweden. So I think in Finland they have like almost as many saunas as they do people, and people have even two saunas at a cabin. They have like a traditional one or an electric one in your apartment building, like not in the building itself, but in your actual small apartment. There's saunas. So like every place <laughs> we've lived has had a sauna. And so in Finland, when you sauna, though, it's naked. Like, swimsuits are forbidden. (laughs) Like, it's it's seen as, like, unhygienic. Um, You just don't wear it in there. So I didn't realize this when I'd first visit Finland. And I had had come over to visit, I think, our first year dating and was going to a family gathering with his family. And UC and I had – we'd already been in Finland three days, and we'd gone in the sauna. And it's not like this – it's not sexual at all. It's not, it's like this spiritual process. You're like sweating out all your toxins. You're jumping in the cold sea. People do it in the middle of the winter. They cut a hole in the, in the ice and jump right in and then go back in the sauna. People like start their mornings there and their days. So it's pretty prominent in the culture. So I was like, okay, 
I can do this. I can go sauna with you. And then his whole extended family's over no. for a crayfish party. This, <laughs> um, like, big gathering to, like, you know, end of summer. Everyone's getting together. And he's like, okay, we're going to sauna here. And I had, like, my full face and makeup done, earrings on, dress on. I was like, I'm just meeting your family. Like, why are we sauning? I have all my makeup on. <laughs> he's like, no, we always start like this. And I was like, okay, like, do you and I go first? He's like, no, no girls and boys don't sauna together this you only go with the girls I was like uh excuse me like you did not tell me about this before my trip to Finland and so I go over there and sitting in the sauna is like his sisters his aunts his um, nieces his cousins his mom and they're all naked and I was like he's not kidding I have to go in here and I was I sat outside and they're like Emily you can put your swimsuit on and I'm like well that'll be more awkward if I'm just sitting in the sauna with naked people touching and I'm just in like this bright yellow one piece, like <laughs> I'll just stand out more. So that was my like first experience really to the culture of, you know, these saunas everywhere. And you're kind of always somewhat exposed to people around you. And I've done it with all my hockey girlfriends. You do it, you know, when you're just like having maybe a dinner, they'll invite you over and be like, Oh, bring your towel. We're going to sauna. And like, can you imagine going in the sauna with like all the girlfriends you meet butt naked and people no. being okay with it? No, they Yeah, so this is like <laughs> this is like totally normal. And so after the first time with all this family, I'm sitting there like knees to chest, like hugging myself, looking around. And then like seven years later, I think my friends in America probably hate me. I'm just way too open. <laughs> but it's it's one of the things I love best about here. It's just like the difference in like if you would talk about that in the States. Or I told my mom, mom, when you come visit, and she did it with, she came in the sauna with me and Yusuf's family, and she was like, yeah, I don't have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and so Yusuf and I are talking. I'm good like, for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, like, and I, you know, my dad went with his brother and, you know, Yusuf, and my dad was like, oh, I'm not, are you joking? Like, he thought the whole trip <laughs> over, I was prepping him, I'm like, you know, we're gonna have dinner, you're gonna go in the sauna, he's like... I'm sure she's lying. And then he gets there and UC told me, you know, he was standing there in a swimsuit and he's like, oh, you're serious. <laughs> and UC and his brother are sitting in there butt naked like, yeah, we weren't kidding. <laughs> oh, So just like one of my favorite things, it's just like, I think that would not fly with a lot of people back in the US. People are very more private, especially about their bodies. People are very focused on what they look like and for me since being in Finland it's just like opened my eyes to like hey look at all these normal bodies mm -hmm. before coming to Finland I've only seen you know you see naked body like on tv or in a magazine and it's probably the most chiseled perfect thing you've ever seen <laughs> and then I'm in Finland with like all of his extended family in a sauna like well this feels great <laughs> this is what normal people look like like I could always do this so well, at least Suggest you don't have to go in with the guys, so that's that's good news. Yeah, that's that's like not. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing here, and that probably would have ruined me for the rest of my life if I accidentally <laughs> went in his his male sauna with the family members. But yeah, thought I'd share that fun little. That is um, seriously hilarious thing about Finland. So I suggest if anyone visits and you go in a sauna. People aren't kidding when you say don't bring your swimsuit. And you know what? Don't think twice about being naked. No one does. <laughs> can you sit? Can you have your towel wrapped around you? No towels. <laughs> like you can't. Like if you brought a towel in, no. they tell you no. Yeah, you would just like take it out. Yeah, like it. <laughs> My lord. Like saying it, it's so funny to me. It's so normal now. 
and even like his sister-in-law I'm really close with we you know whenever we come to his brother and sister-in-law's house we are we always sauna like the boys go and then me and his sister-in-law go it's like part of how we hang out and she'll be like oh you're still a little more shy I'm like how am I shy you know I thought like, I've just, I'm literally I'm, butt naked right now what more yeah, do you want from me <laughs> what else can I do here? But yeah, so that's probably one of my favorite things about Finland. And I love scaring my friends, telling them if they ever visit, they have to do it. And I've had two cousins come visit and they did it. And one of them absolutely loved it. The other one, I think still has like PTSD from it. Um, but yeah. So you know what? My opinion is I don't think you should tell your friends and family they have to do that because then they might not come out for your wedding next year. So you should just have them come out and then you can just surprise them <laughs> once they arrive and just say, okay, yeah. well, this is what you have to do to come to the, to the wedding. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, oh, that's, I should have gone that way about it. I told them like, if anyone's coming here, we're doing that. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to have like a whole sun and night just to like, just infiltrate you right away into the culture. <laughs> I think and that's like the difference between the cultures because I feel like honestly in North America like there's so much judgment and I think people yeah. die about like be just like being in a bathing or just like feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. being in a bathing suit or like being naked in front of people and in Europe it's not like that people like go to the lake just like butt naked like men and women yeah just they're so they're so much more comfortable I feel like I mean of course you know everyone's different but from a whole it seems like they're just more comfortable in their own skin there's not as much judgment about let's say like a perfect body type of course there's people like that everywhere but for me it's been especially like you know living here in my early 20s as a female growing up in a culture where that's pretty prominent in your everyday life it's just been extremely freeing and I love it we are going to bring it someday to our home in Minnesota and our neighbors will probably hate us but we're going to invite <laughs> them over whenever they want to join yeah that's pretty empowering I feel like and that is funny yeah. we should definitely start that back home especially in the winters in Minnesota <laughs> yes <laughs> well thank you for sharing that that is hilarious I, I know people will get a good laugh out of that for sure <laughs> yeah uh, well thank you again for coming on yeah, thank you for having me and talking with me. Um, I wish everyone listening to this the best of luck in the upcoming season and kind of getting to where they need to be and that see how everything unfolds. I think everyone knows as much as everyone else, which is not much right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. See you next week.